Hey, expats and travelers, welcome to this week's episode sponsored by WorldPost.io, the virtual mailbox service powered by Anytime Mailbox. We'll get to the features and benefits a little later. If you're interested in becoming an expat, whether you're moving to Portugal or another overseas location, I highly recommend you get your finances in order before you move. Yes, it's actually really important that you do it before you go. I know when we first got started, we did not do it that way. But if we knew John McNertney at Green Ocean Global, we would have gone to him as he's someone that is Lisbon-based and he is experienced with expat financial challenges. So he's a go-to person that we recommend. Right, he can help you with long-term investments, financial systems, and international taxes. And he's actually helped us and producer Dan has used him to explore what it would be like to move abroad and see if it would fit his family's current financial situation. I think what's great about him is that he gives you personalized plans. He will look into your unique situation and he'll help you out. And this is honestly what's super necessary because we get tax questions and finance questions on the YouTube channel and literally no background from the person that's asking us the question. So now we've started to point people to John. Right, because everyone is different and everyone has their own unique situation. So you need an expert to help you out. All right, so visit greenoceanglobal.net for contact information and further assistance. Check out the show notes below. Hello, and welcome, my emerging expat. You're tuned in to Let's Move to Portugal. I'm producer Dan, and I have the distinct honor of bringing you YouTube travelers and our resident Portugal experts, expats everywhere's Josh and Kaylee. Each week, they'll inspire, they'll educate, and they'll accompany you on your journey to Portuguese residency. This week on Let's Move to Portugal, join us as we delve into the adventures of Sue and Scott, who embraced early retirement to start a new chapter in Portugal. We'll explore their journey of buying a home, debunking expat myths, and living their dream under the Portuguese sun. Hey, expats and travelers alike, welcome back. This is season two, episode eight of Let's Move to Portugal podcast. Kaylee. <laughs> How you doing? Now I wanted to ask you first there. You paused. I thought I can get it in there. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Listener, how you doing? <laughs> how you doing? That was, a was that Joey, style. Joey style. Joey style, yeah. yeah. How you doing? A lot um, of Friends references lately, huh? I a lot of Friends. Well, last week too. Well, yeah, I think it was because of Chandler, right? Oh, yeah. Wasn't that a reference? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I always make Friends references because I think that there is an episode. You don't always something... make friends, no. but you make friends, friends references. references. Yeah. There is something happens in an episode that you can definitely equate to daily life. To life, yeah. Real, well, real life I, stuff. I think that's the genius, actually, of the show. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about friends. <laughs> we're here to talk about uh, expat life, expat living, especially moving to Portugal. We have a fun episode for you today. Uh, it'll be my first time hearing it <laughs> with, with Scott and Sue. Uh, well, you told me a bit of the highlights after recording. Um, but I couldn't listen as, as you were listening um, and talking. Sure. <laughs> so let's, I feel like you're rambling. <laughs> no, I'm not rambling. So we want to give you some updates on what's happening before we jump into the episode with Scott and Sue. So let's talk about the Vertical Community Venture. Where are we at with that? Latest developments? Oh, just lots of paperwork so far. Admin stuff. Yeah. Y yeah, I mean, it's self-inflicted. 
but um, it's yeah. necessary. It's necessary. It's like uh, we had Travis, um, the owner of Scoundrel Still and Co. He was on several episodes back, and he talked about the rule of threes, where uh, it takes three times, like three attempts, to do anything bureaucratic here, and we have accomplished that. Uh, <laughs> we accomplished that kind of last week, a few days ago, in fact, on Thanksgiving. So we are now in the system and ready to have our property inspected for the beginning part of the auto process. If you want to learn more about the auto process, um, I, I guess research it. Head to <laughs> it's the, not very fun. <laughs> head to the well. You can head to the beginning of last episode. We talk about it, and then I've explained a little more on our dedicated YouTube channel that we have started for this uh, vertical community venture. It is Let's, Let's Get, get building, building with Josh, with Josh and, Kaylee. and Kaylee. Yeah. I know we're supposed to do that together. <laughs> oh, worry. <laughs> well, we so, should have practiced. We should have practiced. <laughs> so, yeah, you can head over there. I explained the process there, and I'll be explaining. In the community tab, right? In the community yeah. tab of that channel. I'll be explaining, like, a lot of, of build, building things. Portugal stuff there yeah so. especially in the community tab because sometimes we can't really get that into video form or i wouldn't want to watch a video on that it'll just be like short we'll mention it in video but to know yes. a bit more of of the details of it then that will be in written form on the community tab so make sure you subscribe there and we would love to have a video for you soon <laughs> it's just we're waiting on stuff to happen <laughs> yeah we could have started construction already but the fact that like if we get this process done right it could save like upwards of a hundred thousand euros in taxes not just for us but for the people that are are buying the units so so it's um, worth it and we're not behind or anything but no. we would love to have an, a, you know an update for you next week Dying. <laughs> on hey we started we we, so. we threw axes this past week so we're ready to swing some hammers oh yeah so yeah. an axe throwing place opened up in porto and that was a lot of fun yeah, yeah. definitely would do it do that again and then we also had Thanksgiving. We had a Thanksgiving meal, which was really good. And that was actually, you mentioned Travis at yep. Scoundrels. Yep. They opened up their uh, distillery there because it's a lot of space. So a lot of people you know, brought different dishes, which was fun. Potluck. Uh, yeah, potluck style. So that was good. So Thanksgiving was yummy. We had a lot of leftovers. So Thanksgiving accomplished. We still have a lot of desserts, really, are the main ones that we still have leftover. We had an insane amount of desserts. We did, yeah. I mean, we had a lot of food, and too. And that cake? Oh, yeah, Beth, if you're listening. Beth, thank you for that cake. <laughs> it's it was, amazing. It was like the gift cake. that kept giving. I mean, I was receiving uh, several days' worth of Travis sending me pictures <laughs> of him having a piece of cake. Um, leftover. Leftover cake. I thought yeah. you were going to say it's a gift that keeps giving because now we can feel it in every every movement of the extra rolls yeah. <laughs> that have started. A moment on the lips and eternity on the hips. Is that the, is that the saying? <laughs> but the frosting on that was so good, Well, too. the frosting on it was the thing that was actually bad so for you, though. Okay. Yeah. So some highlights from the YouTube channel. We just put out a video over the weekend with Dave in Portugal. Uh, that interview has done really well. A lot of people have clicked on it to see... What in the world Dave's talking about? And Dave and Kaylee have a really nice sit down where um, it's really Dave's origin story, you know, and what the past two years has been like for him. Because he doesn't often or... Doesn't really talk doesn't about really, that on his channel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, with the way YouTube content creation is, it's kind of in a box. You have to put things in a box and you can't really expound that well. Not like on podcasts or... or long, yeah, format long format things, yeah. Platforms, so... so. He had the opportunity to sit down with Kaylee and tell his story, and it was very interesting, cool, yeah. like Dave, want to hang out with him some more. Uh, and, yeah, 
So that was the on the YouTube channel, but let's go ahead and get to the podcast. So yeah. I spoke with Scott and Sue, a really nice couple who moved to Portugal in 2021. So they talk about how they retired early. Um, you know, they're not by any means rich or they didn't come on the golden visa or anything. But, but they're also not backpackers. Right. They're, but, you know, they, they did well for themselves and they planned and they decided to retire and live off of that. So with COVID, they moved in the height of COVID 2021 and they recently bought a place. So they have dogs and they were looking to buy a place and they you know we're going through the same thing which is kind of how we connected with all the you know paperwork and the fun stuff of signing for the deed and that just being pushed off and pushed off and pushed off and I don't know you know listener if you remember us talking about it because we finally signed and bought the house on Sao Joao in June and it was a long process it kept getting pushed off. Sao Joao is a holiday. Holiday yes. Not a street. Oh yeah no. The house on Sao Joao. It's probably it's got to be a street too. No I'm sure it's a street but that's yes. not the street, so don't no. go looking for us on San Juan in Porto. <laughs> That's funny. No, I mean on the the day of the holiday yeah. in uh, in June, which is a massive holiday in Porto. Yeah. So that's the day that we signed. So it's you know forever ingrained in our minds that that was a good day. Yeah. But it took a long time to get there. And Scott and Sue have funny you know stories about that as well being pushed back. And theirs is a little unique in um, who they were buying from and all the bureaucratic stuff that even the sellers had to go through. So it's a really interesting story. So we talk about them moving COVID and then what it's like buying. So very interesting. Well, let's stop talking about it here and let's (laughs) listen to it right after this. Right here. Worldpost.io is powered by Anytime Mailbox, which means you can get your mail anytime, anywhere, even on your smartphone. And they really have competitive pricing with their lowest package starting at $5 per month. Here's a cool feature they have. WorldPost can relay things from the U.S. to Europe. So that includes documents. (laughs) Amazon purchases. Amazon purchases. And you can get it to Portugal. And they have a variety of packages. Some include secure shredding, free junk mail filters, and things like that. I bet you love that junk mail filter. Oh, lots of junk mail. I sign up for a lot of newsletters. (laughs) She's not joking. So if you're interested in worldpost.io, you can visit the website or check the link in the show notes below. Okay, let's talk about Lusitana Dreams because what they're offering is really great. Yeah, it definitely is. And Dallas actually has grown Lusitano Dreams since we first met him. So he's really getting his process dialed in. The thing that I like about it is it removes the barrier and and choke point of the proof of accommodation because that's been one of the biggest things that the D7 and the D8 for the like the long-term people have had problems with, right? Yeah, it's definitely something that is really hard to lock yourself into sight unseen. But here you can have a legitimate contract. You can rest assured that it's going to be a soft landing because you're coming into a furnished place in a good location and a livable location until you can kind of get your bearings and figure out where you really want to live. And the cool thing about it is that they can start your lease when you arrive. So you're not like burning a few months of, of cash essentially paying for an apartment or paying for a lease that you're not using. Yeah, that's one that's really hard to negotiate, trying to get a lease that starts when you want to arrive and not when you are actually applying. So the fact that they offer that as a service to where you're not, like you said, burning those months saves you a lot of money. Yep, Lusitano Dreams offers 
visa-friendly proof of accommodation. So that could be for the D7 visa or the D8 visa. And their properties include detached houses, apartments, room rentals as well in different locations like Lisbon, Cascais, Lule, and they're expanding too. So uh, soon to be Porto and quite possibly Silver Coast. Yeah, which is really exciting. So check out Lusitano Dreams for more information. We have a link in the show notes below. Sue and Scott, thanks so much for joining us today. You guys have a really interesting story of moving here during COVID, buying a house. We'll, we'll get to all of that. But why don't you just introduce yourselves for our listener and tell us where you came from, why you chose to move to Portugal, things like that. Okay. Um, I'll start. Uh, I'm Sue. Uh, we've been here since February 2021. Um, so as Kaylee mentioned, we came during COVID. Um, came from Las Vegas. I had lived there for over 30 years, met and Scott there, had a whole seemingly happy life there. Um, but we always kind of wanted something different, kind of wanted to have a jumping off point to explore the rest of the world. Um, so it was always in the back of our heads. And then COVID happened and just turned everything upside down. Everything that you thought was normal and natural in your life um, was topsy-turvy. And it ended up being the thing that made us realize that everything can change in a minute. Um, so let's change. Let's do something different. And we started investigating moving someplace else. Portugal came up. We just put one foot in front of the other and ended up here. So that's, that's a little bit of my side of the story. Scott? Scott? <laughs> Um, I was born in San Francisco, but I lived in Las Vegas for 30 years. I actually grew up in Germany. My dad was a military doctor. So um, my intention was always to return to Europe no matter what at some point um, after working for a few years. So, so okay. this, so that's why this maybe, kind of fell into the lab. Yeah, yeah that's why maybe because I think when Americans look to move abroad or if you're retiring, you look maybe at Mexico, Costa Rica, uh-huh. Panama now is kind of big. But you guys, sure. did you look at any of those places or was it like definitely Europe? No, absolutely. We had, you know, over probably more than a decade, like things would come up like we need to get out and move. We need to move. And we looked at like Asia, um, maybe more affordable places in Asia. Like we looked at Malaysia and Kuala for a little bit. Yeah, um, that seemed really far away. <laughs> that seemed far and really foreign. You know, like it would have really been a huge adjustment to, to move to those kind of places. So those kind of fell by the wayside. And then absolutely, we were looking at South and Central America, um, Mexico, looked at like Costa Rica, Panama, because they're pretty stable, pretty normal kind of-ish places for expats to go. Um, but there almost seemed to be too much of an expat exodus to places like that. Um, and we didn't want to just move to someplace that was America part two. Um, we also, like we said, Mexico, Ecuador, we worried about stability in places like that, safety and stability. And yeah. you know, Ecuador recently has become a hugely unstable and hugely unsafe place. So, you know, kind of glad we rolled those places out. We never really looked at Europe um, until COVID, until we were really digging in our heels and looking at some place to go. And Scott mentioned 
Portugal. We had never visited here. We'd never been here. Um, and we started looking into it and it was, as everybody said, relatively easy visa process it's affordable here it's safe um it's familiar enough that you don't feel just completely lost in this world but it's also different enough that it's exciting to be here and you know we, we do something different and new and strange and out of our comfort zone every single day even two and a half years in okay ooh, i want to talk about that in a minute but scott what put you on to portugal um, it, 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 first of all, I looked at the visa process and the visa process was pretty easy. I love Spain and we're on the Iberian Peninsula. Spain's a little tougher to get into, um, if you're an American, um, a little more expensive. Uh, I looked at Italy too, and Italy wouldn't let us in at all because we don't <laughs> have any Italian ancestry. So uh, that was out of the question. Ireland is our ancestry in Germany. Um, again, very expensive countries, very difficult to get into and very you know, expensive to live and find homes. Um, I started seeing Portugal in probably 2014, 2015. I would watch a few shows, the House Hunter shows in the United States. And they started showing Portugal and it was one of the only countries in Europe I've never been to. but. You know, it, it, it's kind of cliched, but all European cities look the same for the most <laughs> part, except for Paris. So, so um, adjusting to a culture was no problem. Portugal seemed like a pretty ideal place. I like the central location of traveling. It's near Africa. It's near the Middle East. It's near the rest of Europe. So if you want to spend the rest of your life traveling, this is the perfect location. There's direct flights out of here to Istanbul, to Kai, you know, you can go to Cairo, you can go to Helsinki, you, in, anywhere you need to go. So it kind of ticked all the boxes and the cost at the okay. time was extremely cheap. In fact, if we had moved here six, seven years ago, we would be in Kashkais probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that price has gone yeah. up for sure. Yeah. So you guys moved to Portugal sight unseen. Well, yes. Okay. Yeah. And we kind of laugh, not laugh, I guess, but you know, you see people taking endless scouting trips. Like they come here 10, 12 times before settling on it. And you know, we were just the total opposite. Just jump in, sell everything, pack up the dogs, pack up the house. Here we come. And we got it worked out. <laughs> okay. So you sold everything and you just came with suitcases. Did you ship anything? Like what was the process like getting over here? We didn't, um, we didn't ship. We had, we used a, um, one of those like luggage, uh, shipping services to get, we, we brought our main stuff and then we had five boxes come from, uh, a company that did um, just like I said, luggage shipping. Typically it would be like your golf clubs and, you know, ski equipment, anything that you didn't want to bring on the plane, but we were able to get five boxes over that way just to some household stuff. But otherwise, we had gone from a 2,800 square foot house in Vegas, um, emptying it out, you know, 20 years of living there, um, just selling everything, giving everything away. I, I did eBay like hours a day for months to sell off stuff and get rid of things that had any sort of value or any sort of interest. I packed it, packed up what we needed, um, did the whole process with the dogs of, you know, getting them certified to come over and everything. And 
drove across the country from Las Vegas to Miami with our dogs to fly from there. Um, we wanted a short flight for the dogs, uh, you know, make that easier. Um, so that's what we did. Um, we ended up, if I can talk a little bit about it, our, we had planned to move. We were leaving Vegas on February 5th, 2021. Our flight out was February 10th in Miami. So we had five days to get across, across the country. We were going to arrive in Miami on February 9th, fly out the next day. Um, on February 1st, TAP, the Portuguese airline, canceled our flight, rescheduled our flight for uh, three weeks later. because This was COVID and this was happening all the time with flights. Mm -hmm. But we got up to February 1st. They said, no, it's going to be delayed to like, it's like February 22nd or something like that. So we're still sitting in Vegas. We still had wow. our house. No, at this time, February 1st, we're still oh. sitting in Vegas. Oh. We still, we had our house. Um, we had, we had sold our house, but we had rented it back from the new owners just until we liked, we could have stayed there until the middle of March. Uh, we could have stayed, but we had planned everything. We had hotel nights set up to cross the country. We had a car rented and we were afraid if we canceled any of those things then during COVID, it would be really hard to rebook them. Finding hotels that would take the dogs each night across the country would have been a whole logistical thing so we made the decision to just go ahead and leave our house in vegas drive across the country and wait out the rest of the time in miami so we found a place that we would be able to stay in for a couple of weeks in miami a hotel but to extend it there got to miami after a highly adventurous trip across the country with two dogs we got a flat tire in gallup new mexico on sunday <laughs> Tried to get that fixed again in the middle of COVID. Uh, we're calling Triple A, and they're telling us, um, "Well, we can take one of you, but we can't take the dogs. You're going to have to just stand by the side of the highway in Gallup, New Mexico." And the tow truck driver was very cool and took all of us in <laughs> to get nice. it fixed and everything. So we had had that hiccup, made it to Miami. Uh, there are worse places to be stuck for a couple of weeks in February than Miami. The weather was great; it was really nice. Um, had more snafus and hiccups with TAP. They kept canceling and rescheduling and canceling and rescheduling. Um, so we ended up switching over to Lufthansa. Um, but instead of a direct flight, we had to go through Frankfurt. Mm -hmm. And that worried us a little bit. Just the whole point of driving to Miami was so that our dogs wouldn't have to be flying for so long and everything wouldn't be so crazy. But Frankfurt has a great animal facility, so that was okay. Um, Long story short, finally, February 24th, we flew out of Miami, landed in Lisbon on February 25th, and spent our first few months in Lisbon um, trying to adapt to a new country, adapt to a new country during COVID, um, and figure out then, okay, what what now? <laughs> it sounds like a, an emotional roller coaster here. <laughs> it, it was crazy, for sure. But I think every, I think everybody has. I don't know of anybody who had a completely smooth transition to coming here. That, that was a little, a little nuts. Yeah, nothing ever goes as planned. So I think if you go into it thinking it's not going to go as planned, then you're probably going to be a little better at getting through it. Braces you. Yeah. Right. We, we followed your template in Miami, including going to the COVID testing facility with the roosters running around in the streets. 
<laughs> yeah, <I guess>. so. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird experience though, right? Just waiting for your car yeah. and yeah. Uh, how long did you wait in that line in, the, in your car? Oh, you we got there first thing in the morning and I think we were only three or four cars back in the line. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't too bad. Wasn't yeah, too bad. not bad. Gosh, everyone remember? Like you're yeah, you're panicking. Like, you know, are we going to, what are our results going to be? You know, if they're, if they're bad, then we start this whole thing again. Trying to find a flight. But yeah, it was smooth. I think it was just a few hours before we had the results. Yeah. That was yeah. one of the easiest parts. <laughs> It's uh, it's really well done, but it's just the results that you're kind of worried about. Cause like, yeah, then what? And then you've already done everything with the USDA for your dog. So like, exactly. oh, it'd be a massive reset. So yeah, the stress exactly. of like, what is it going to say? But, but yeah. Okay, great. So you landed in Lisbon. Is there a reason you chose Lisbon to land in? Was it because um, of the flight or? Definitely flight. And um, when we came here, we wanted to settle in someplace that at least, cause we knew it was COVID. We wanted to at least settle in someplace that, you know, we'd be close to grocery stores, close to a vet, close to anything we needed. A little, if we if we had landed in the middle of nowhere in Portugal, that would have been a, a little bit overwhelming. So we had, at the time, on the D7, you only needed a six-month uh, rental agreement. And so we had found a place in Lisbon that was reasonably priced, probably because it was COVID. So it wasn't, you know, didn't completely break the bank. Um, and... It was a long-term Airbnb, but the owner was willing to give us uh, something that had looked satisfied the, the contract requirements. Um, mm-hmm. So that's where we we landed. But we knew we came in February. We had our staff appointments for the temporary residency in June. So I was really hoping to find a more permanent place by then, so that when we went to the staff appointments. We could give them that new rental contract, the new address, so that everything would be for the address that we Updated, planned to right? be. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and not to have to go through that after the fact. Because I don't, from everything I understand, I don't even think that you, it's almost impossible to update your address in Portugal. <laughs> We've had to do yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's and now it's a, you know it's not stuff anymore. And now it's Ama and maybe <laughs> they're, they're yeah. talking about issues with that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Okay, so backing up real quick, since you were in Las Vegas, you guys went through the San Francisco VFS office, right? Yes. And in 2021, were you? Did you have to go in person, or could you mail in stuff? We did. They had they had announced for a time period that we could do it by mail, and we were stoked. We were so happy. Oh, this is going to be so much easier. And then about two weeks before we were ready to send everything on, they said, "Nope." Sorry, we went that back, kind yeah. of person. Yeah. Uh, um, so we close. scrambled and, you know, tried getting on the website. And it was, all, it was always difficult to, to log in, get an appointment. But we, we managed to get appointments. Um, and then I, I don't, we didn't have our rental contract secured before we had the appointments. But we had we had our fingerprinting. We had uh, all the other stuff that we needed. So we had about a two-week scramble to find our apartment before our meeting there so that we could bring everything and that was dicey it was november of 2020 that we went to our vfs appointments and again it was COVID, and it was COVID, and it was san francisco and san francisco was particularly wishy-washy about what was going to be locked down what wasn't if they were going to do stuff it was close to thanksgiving and so we were worried there were going to be shutdowns for the holidays and so we just booked a trip to San Francisco, hoped for the best, and 
and it worked. <laughs> okay. So you didn't have to make any changes for that. No. Okay. No. That's good. And it was, it was actually a nice trip and I got to visit where I grew up and after the, you know, cause we were there for a few days. So it was nice. And Did you grow up in the San Francisco area? Yeah. I grew up in Oakland. Oakland. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Well, that's nice. At least that you could make a, a nice little trip out of it, you know, especially with all the uncertainties. <laughs> cause I know there was a time period where it's like, you could go to the VFS uh, in San Francisco, but you weren't supposed to be staying like in the city in area. You had to, right. Yeah. yeah you had, did you have to do that? Yeah. Did you have, were you, no. like, we were able to stay right there. Okay. So yeah, but I think it was right after us that they were just, yeah, like, you know, you need to come here, but you can't be here. <laughs> I yeah. don't understand. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> weird stuff. So I, I wanted to bring that up all for the listener because, I mean, uh, sure. you know, I get a lot of complaints about VFS in general, but San Francisco particularly is a really hard one. And so I just yeah. want to let our listener know that it's it was hard in 2020 when you went. It's yeah. still as hard. So just power yeah. through. Yeah. You can make it. <laughs> Absolutely. They Again, they don't make it easy for you either, right? Uh, some of the bureaucracy yeah. stuff. But okay, great. Yeah. So, so you did all that. You landed in Lisbon, but you've moved around a little bit since. And we'll talk. You've bought a place, but before yeah. buying, what, what did life look like? Yeah, we, we settled there in Lisbon. It was an area called Peña de Franca, um, or Grasa. Everything is tighter and more compact in Lisbon than you realize. Like, you know, you look at it on the map and you see all these neighborhoods and, and areas and you think, oh, God, it's huge. But um, it's everything's really close, connected well by metro. So we landed there, got settled in. Um, as I said, we had come from a 2,800 square foot home in Las Vegas with three bathrooms, um, traveling across the country, <laughs> living in a hotel, now being in Lisbon uh, with two bedrooms, one bathroom. That was an investment in itself. You know, um, one, one bathroom is something something to get used to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was like the biggest thing with the house. It's like, I don't even care. Like it can have half a bedroom as long as it has two bathrooms. Two bathrooms. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we kind of adjusted to life in an apartment, um, got our bearings around Lisbon. It was quiet. It was, it was winter 2021, COVID. Um, it, it was very, very chill in Lisbon. You could Easily get a seat on the metro, um, easily get a seat on buses, the 28 tram that, you know, is so famous and so usually crowded that you can just pop right on it and full space to yourself. Um, but, but it was cool. So, you know, we started figuring out how to grocery shop, how to, how to get things done that we needed done, um, how to answer the basic questions in the grocery store, like, you know, if you want to get your NIF and do you need some, so, you know, just kind of getting our bearings, but at the same time, also knowing we had our staff appointments, June seemed far off, but it was right around the corner and wanting to find an apartment. So we started probably in April to hunt for a new place to live. Um, and we found we were looking on like all the listings. We worked with uh, an agent to help us find a place and to help us negotiate the contract and make sure we understood everything. Um, and we found and he connected us with a realtor in a place in uh, Estoril near Kishkaish. Um We thought we wanted to stay in Lisbon, but Lisbon was a little pricey for a rental and 
we found a couple places we kind of liked. One of them, um, it was they wanted kind of an under the table rental contract. We couldn't have that. We needed, you know, something that was fully registered for our visas. So that was out of the question. But we found this place in Chilio, and it was um, 700 meters from the beach. In fact, we had a little sliver view of the ocean from our we on the first floor, a little tiny view of the ocean from our window. Only one bathroom, so (laughs) back back to that issue. Oh no, (laughs) that that we we were willing to make the sacrifice. We had lived now for um, four months. Only one bathroom, we could do it. Um, So great location. There was a grocery store literally right downstairs, um, about maybe six hundred meters to the train station. The train that runs between Lisbon and Kishkaish, so it would be easy to get back into Lisbon to go into Kishkaish. so we found that we signed a six-year contract, knowing that we could get out of it after two years, if, if we so chose. We kind of knew we wanted to be looking for a house eventually, so so that worked for us, and it was great. It was a, a older building, like built in the '80s. It was super ugly and awful looking from the outside, like very Soviet-era block housing kind of looking thing. But they had read on the inside, brand new kitchen, brand new bathroom. It was really nice. So it was it was a great place to land. We had great landlords, um, and it was a terrific place to be. We really loved Kishkaish, um, very so international, great restaurants. Um, so being close by to that was awesome. But being a little bit outside of Kishkaish made it a little more affordable. At the time that we signed the contract, it was eleven hundred euros a month, which some people will go, "Oh my god, that's so expensive! That's crazy!" But for Kishkaish and Israel, that's a bargain. Um, you, you couldn't get that apartment now for that price at all. So it, it worked for us, and it was a good a good place to land and live for the two, oh, a little over two and a half. Well, I guess just about two and a half years. Okay, I think you're going to scare people by saying that you signed a six year lease. Uh, yeah. I think people are people are asking for like, can I do a six month or a one year? But like, so why did you yeah. choose a six year lease? I mean, you said you could, so, you could get out of it, but like, was it a negotiating tactic? Um, we we sat down. We actually we, we met with the landlords, super nice people, um, and we said you know, we we wanted a one year that felt reasonable to us and. They talked about the challenges as a landlord that, you know, if you have people coming and going quickly, um, they've got to go in. They've got to repaint. You have to change utility contracts. Um, you They lose time in advertising the property and getting a new tenant in. Um, and as we understood and, and we talked about in that meeting, too, the fact that Whatever length the lease is, the tenant only is obligated to fulfill one third of it. And so, in in essence, they were explaining, and we were understanding, six year lease, but we're only on the hook for two years. Um, and they were they were so nice and so accommodating. It was such a great property, and we had already seen how quickly time was flying. <laughs> you know, we we'd been in Portugal three or four months at that point, it felt like we had just gotten here. So two years didn't seem like forever and didn't seem like too much of a commitment. And so it felt like a good, a good give and take between us and the the landlords. And, you know, as it turned out, they, they were such good 
landlords to us. You know, we never had any issues with them. They never had any problems with us. Um, there was really nothing that we needed to deal with them on at any point because there, there were no issues yeah. in the apartment or anything. Um, so it, it was good. It was good for them. It turned out to be good for us because the longer we were here, and then definitely once we started going and getting into the home buying process, we realized, okay, it's actually kind of nice that we don't have to be out of this place for six years if we don't want to be, if we can't find a good place to live, if we can't, you know, make the changes we want to make. We've got a little security here because if we would have been, if our lease would have been up at a year or even two years, um, they would have, the rents would have been through the roof. It would have been a lot harder to find and that's what they kind of explained to us yeah they explained to us that a six-year contract yes you're only obligated two years but if you find no place to live and you continue to want to live here your the rent increase is limited on what they can do every year if they decide to do it at all so it's smarter to do that than to keep moving around and having to renegotiate a contract and and yeah. get stuck. So if you left after a year, it's another two years. So now you're three years and it, it, ju- it could just spiral out. So he's, they suggested and they were just being nice as naive foreigners to us. They're, they're really, and they, and they have American relatives. So it was a lot easier to deal with them. Yeah. And they, they just explained that it's easier. Just get yourself in the six years. You're only obligated under Portuguese law to the two and you've got a place to stay if you need one without the added burden of having constantly move, renegotiate contracts, pay more in the future or find a place that's worse. So, especially with dogs. So yeah, yeah. dogs too. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find it hard to find a place with dogs? Like were landlords like saying no dogs right away or that was okay at that time? No, like fortunately working with the agent, he sort of, you know, did pre-checks with places that they would take them because I I think, um, you know, people read online that it's illegal to discriminate and to not allow pets in buildings. But, you know, the reality is people, landlords can say no to you for, they don't have to tell you why they're saying no to you. Yeah. That would factor into it. So it was a huge thing to find a place that, you know, we have two, they're small, they're old. Um, but a dog's a dog and dogs do what dogs do and make messes and do, do <laughs> right, what they yeah. do. So, so it was good to find a place that was safe. Okay. So then you've moved into this new place and you have a six-year contract. And at what point did you start looking? Because you always wanted to buy, right? That was always the plan? Mm-hmm. To come we to buy? Especially once once we got here and knew, okay, we like it, we're going to stay. Then, yeah, we still, we were old and old fashioned, we have that, you know, buying something, owning something, really, it's your goal in life. It's, it's, it's how things should be. Um, but we, we believe it. It's, it's, it's how we feel about things. And, um, so we, we were, we knew from the start, we wanted to buy something. Um, and we knew pretty, pretty quickly into the time of living in Lisbon and living in Tishkaish that buying something around there wasn't going to be feasible from a budget standpoint. We had an extremely small budget. Um, and from a size standpoint, um, freestanding houses in the Lisbon or area are super rare. And if you do find them, they're huge. They're like, you know, mm-hmm. six bedroom places and, and 
so out of our budget and not is not the size we wanted. We wanted a small place. So we knew we wanted to move. We wanted to find a spot. Um, we bought a car because we knew that we'd be looking, you know, in far flung places that buses and trains maybe wouldn't be able to get us to. So we bought a car in November 2022 and decided then when the new year turned around, that's when we would start looking. So we did start looking um, early this year, January, February of this year, knowing that our two years in our apartment would be up in June, 2023. And so, you know, we, we knew it would take time to find a place, negotiate a place and everything. So by the time we'd be ready to move, maybe it'd be about the time that our lease would, we could leave our lease after the two years. So that seemed the right time to start looking. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so you started looking at the beginning of the year, 2023, and did you see a lot? Was there a lot out there that fit your criteria? Was it tough to find a place? Scott, I love it. Yeah, it it was hard to find because, um, like again, you know, we didn't. We were hoping for detached. Um, We were bathrooms, right? (laughs) (laughs) More than one. All we need, and I didn't even need like two full bathrooms, just just one more toilet. That was the goal. One more toilet. Okay, so at least <laughs> a one and a half. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but you know, like our, our criteria was pretty specific of wanting. We wanted. We were hoping for three bedrooms. And we ended up with two, but we were hoping for three bedrooms, two baths, um, so smallish. But we also wanted at least a little bit of land, at least um, wanted to be able to have garden space. That was important to us. Um, having lived good 30 kitchen. years in Las Vegas. Yeah, my good kitchen. Yeah, that's um, nice. I can see behind you, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I love my yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty um, modern. <laughs> yeah. So, and again, with, you know, a big budget, probably by Portuguese standards, but not by American and not by... Um, we, we we couldn't live in a big city, so we knew we'd be stretching out. And it was it was hard. I mean, I poured through all of the listings. Um, Idealista, which I know a lot of people use, is okay, um, but it's just it's it's You're being too kind. much. A lot of outdated stuff. That, yeah, I know it's it's a mess. So really, I favored. Um, there's a site called GreenAcres.pt that seems to be a, a little more focused. They weed out some of the repeated um, listings and outdated listings. Um, but we worked with a buyer's agent. Uh, I had, I was Facebook friends with uh, a realtor in the Kishkaish area and I reached out to her and she so kindly, uh, you know, knowing that she couldn't help us because we weren't looking in that area. She so kindly um, talked with me for a really long time about what we were looking for and connected us with, uh, an agent friend of hers who was located more in the center of Portugal. She's in uh, Leria. And we were thinking that might be the area that we ended up in somewhere in Leria, Santarém, Nazare, something like that. Um, so she connected us with her and her name is Sophia and she, she was our angel and definitely turned out to be our angel in this whole process. But she started looking for us also and helping us connect with people. Um, we found one place that we liked in an area called Torres Novish, which is kind of near Sentinel. Went to see that. Um, 
the owner assured us, oh, yes, everything is legalized about this property. Everything's fine. The, the owner, um, of course. Yes, of course. Uh, and luckily, we had our buyer's agent. Uh, we also knew that we wanted to do an inspection on whatever house. We Anytime we were like super interested in it, we wanted to be able to do an inspection, which isn't common in Portugal, you know, in the U.S., always part of the process but um here it's not that much of a thing but she knew someone uh, he's a guy who works for banks doing the inspections for mortgage approvals so he came out he looked at the property he thought the property was great but as part of his process he checks uses google earth to measure the property and match it up against the documentation and a little discrepancy there in yes. <laughs> what, what was what was declared to the tax authorities and what was actually on the property. Um, wow, it, it, okay. it was, was underreported, yeah. uh, and this is super common in Portugal. You'll run into that if hearing about whether a property is legalized or not legalized. You know, generally it means the owner has built things on the property that they didn't didn't get permission to do, aren't properly reporting to the tax authorities. And that's what it turned out to be for that first house that we looked at and, and really liked. So that was a big, big once bit and twice shy moment. We we knew it was a possibility because people talk about it a lot over here. But because it happened, we knew, okay, really glad we have a buyer's agent. Really glad we have this inspector. And at that point, too, we also connected with a real estate attorney who would really dive in deep the next time we find someplace, but, you know, make sure everything was on the up and up. And, um, yeah. As foreigners, we want to make sure we're legal. Um, yeah. No yeah. matter what. Uh, we, you know, just, just because we don't have the same rights as Portuguese citizens for the most part, we, so we wanted to make sure everything, every T is crossed and every I is dotted make sure that we're in a good position that they can't come to us and say, Hey, yeah. Well, what yeah. Did you do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause you could get yourself in a, a little bit of a sticky situation mm-hmm. if you buy a property like that. Cause I mean, obviously the person yeah. who lives there, if you put that there, then it's whatever, it's your thing. But then now when it's changing yeah. hands and it's going through all the different proper channels, yeah, it's good that, that they were able to find that stuff. So yeah, for sure. Okay. So, so I mean, you had that's... to go to that one. Yeah. So um, we then had, we had a trip planned back to the U.S. So we put things on hold for a little bit. That was our first time going back. Um, came back and dived into it again. And I mean, I spent hours a day pouring through the real estate listings and you know, we use all the filters, like your budget and this and this and this. And it was, we, we call our house now um, Anoza Agulia, uh, our needle. Because it was a needle in a haystack to to find this place. But I stumbled across this listing one day. It was way further north than we thought we wanted to be. We we thought maybe like Lydia was about as far north as we would want to come. Because um, the rain, the rain is real. <laughs> it really happens. It happens a lot. Today, <laughs> most days. So we weren't sure, you know, we didn't want to be around too much rain. We didn't want too much cold. And people say, oh, that's all the north is. It's just raining and cold up there. But this was in a town called Mira, um, which is about 20 kilometers south of Avaidu, which is, you know, a main city people might know. Um, 
maybe about an hour away from Porto. So it was farther north than we thought we wanted, but this listing for the house, it was like, you know, the heavens opened up. I looked at these pictures and like, oh, it, it can't look that good in person. There's no way, because it's, it's really awesome. It was a newer build. It was built in 2019. Um, it has a front garden, a back garden, two bathrooms. <laughs> a, 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 good, a good kitchen, um, two bedrooms. Insulation. Yeah, Insulation. Well insulated. Yeah, super cool, modern up. build and yeah. a, a thoughtful build too. Like they, when we were talking, when I spotted it and showed it to our agent, one of the things that she pointed out was if the owners built it to live in. Um, the first house that we had looked at was was a a flipper basically they had they had bought it redone it redone it pretty well but this house that we ended up in um you know they they built it to be comfortable in they built it to live the rest of their lives and and the owners were french um built it to maybe a higher standard than uh portuguese locals might have built it to um so she's like this this was a great property. It was a little outside of our budget, but she she was really talking us into coming to see it. So we did, and it it looked as good, if not better, than it did in the pictures. Um, and so we we loved it and made an offer that same day that we saw it. Um, so there's a little bit of pressure because it was such a good house, and even though it was a little above our budget still pretty reasonably priced and we thought okay we don't want to miss out on this so yeah someone else might take it yeah yeah we made an offer pretty quickly and made it contingent on the inspector checking the property out um but it was it was accepted so we started moving forward Okay. So that's such a good way to put it that they were thoughtful with the construction. Cause I think you're right. When, when someone just flips a place that they're not going to live in, they might cut some corners, use some materials that aren't as nice, things like that. But when, exactly. when someone is planning to live there, then they obviously want it comfortable and they want it done right for themselves. So, so there is a difference because sometimes they look the same, right? Especially on pictures. Absolutely. Like they, they might Absolutely. look the same, but when you get yeah. in there and you start looking at like the smaller things, that's really good. Um, you know, to really investigate that side of yeah, things. Quality is amazing here. It's it's yeah. it's the high, one of the higher quality houses I've seen in Portugal. So For okay, sure. so then you yeah. said that they were planning on living there and like the rest of their lives, but uh, I guess that didn't happen. They, so they decided to sell. Mm-hmm. They're French. Did they go back to France or what happened? So um, I never asked too much for the full story, but it was it was an older couple, um, and apparently the husband and the couple passed away. Um, maybe we think it was about a year after the house was finished. Um, yeah, I didn't, I just don't want to know. I didn't want to ask too much, but he, um, like they died in your living room. There are no stains anywhere or anything. So, um, you know, we, no phantasmas. Uh, yeah. Okay. No, good. But no, we, we subsequently found out that he, he had had a heart attack and, and passed away, but um, so that's that's what happened. They were French citizens, planned to spend their retirement here. Um, he passed away, and evidently the you know the wife didn't didn't have any interest or desire to just stay by herself in a foreign country. So um, the home was left to the heirs, to a son and a daughter. Uh, it was granted to them in the will. 
Um, so they were, when we said, we, we met the son, he looked like he's probably in his 40s. He didn't have interest in having a host in Portugal. So they, they were pretty motivated sellers um, okay. to leave the properties. Okay. So they sold it. And did you get a mortgage or you paid cash? So we paid cash, which, and we, we thought that's great for us for negotiating. You know, they'll say yes, fast. This will be an easy process. This was um, the end of May, beginning of June, that we uh, made the offer. They accepted it. We got the inspector out. Everything looked great with the property. In this case, just as a random tidbit, um, this, Property is over reported to the tax authority. There's more land than is actually here, which freaked me out because I'm like, okay, what does that mean? But we had assurances from our lawyer, from everybody. It's like, look, if you're going to have a problem, that's the best problem to have. We can, if you want, we can try to fix it later on down the road once you're in the house, get it re registered, but it, it will not cause you any problems. So, Okay. Yeah. That ledge. <laughs> so um, we thought I think everything's going to be great. In the beginning of June, we went, we had some back and forth on drafting the CPCB and we had, we had a couple of asks that we wanted. Um, they had disconnected the water. We wanted the water reconnected before we moved in. We wanted the gardens cleaned up because they hadn't been attended to for a couple of years. Small asks. We negotiated. We're ready to sign early June. <laughs> and there's a stock weight haul. Um, the two heirs, son and daughter, the daughter had an expired identity document for identification in France uh, had expired. They have a whole thing going on there where they've, they've changed their identity system. Plus you had COVID delays. So within France, having this document expired isn't a big deal. It's, it's like some of the things that we've had here in Portugal where they've extended deadlines on yeah. you know, documents and things. So no big deal, but to try to use that outside of France was an issue. So it was, okay, we, we can't, we can sign the CPCB, but we had originally wanted the deed deadline to be June 30th. And they said, this is France. It could take a while for her to get the, the document updated. They said they wanted such a deed deadline for 30th of September. So three months further down the road, which wow. seemed like, yeah, forever to me and, and freaked me out. And, um, but everybody said, well, it's, you know, we're just doing it worst case scenario because, you know, French, French bureaucracy is even worse than Portuguese bureaucracy. Um, so worst case scenario, we'll do this and again, talk to our lawyer. Um, one of the questions that I asked that I think I had never heard of before. One of the questions I asked our attorney was, okay, so September 30th rolls around and they still don't have what they need. Things still aren't ready. What happens? We knew we wanted to give notice to our landlords. We had to give 120 days notice. Um, so we wanted to give notice as soon as possible so we wouldn't be on the hook for rent when we were out of the apartment and everything. So, right. you know, so we give notice September 30th rolls around. We still don't have a deed. What happens? And he informed us um, that at that point, we, especially since it was no fault of our own, we could try to negotiate with the owner to just move in to the property, even without the deed being signed. I had no idea that that would be a possibility, but he said, no, it's, it's, it's not common, but it's commonly, this is how you commonly solve them. 
Um, we also asked what would happen if if there were shifty things going on, like maybe the maybe the heirs weren't entitled to sell this property or you know anything like that. Like what happens if they if they can't sell us the house if they back out of the deed? We knew about the the double double your money back guarantee kind of thing yeah. that and you know and you're protected. You get your the deposit that you make with the CPCV back plus the whole amount double. again yeah. mm-hmm. uh, from the owners. Um, you know, which sounded a pretty cool way to make money, but um, he also informed us that there are laws saying that you also have the right to just take the house if they back out. Um, that instead of taking the double your money back, you can insist upon receiving the property under Portuguese law. And the reason they have that, he explained to us, was um, if you negotiate, you make your payment with the CPCV, but then the owner turns around and gets a way better offer. Like, you know, they can double their money on the thing. It would be more profitable for them to just get out of the, the agreement, pay you the money they owe you, and take the fortune from the next people who offered. So mm-hmm. to prevent that from happening, they have this protection that, you know, you can say, no, we, we don't want double our money back. We want the house. The house, yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. so that felt... But we felt like we had a lot of protection. So, okay, September 30th seems like a long way off, but spending a summer in the Pushkash area, again, sort of like Miami in February, not a bad thing. This is, this is a cool place to be. So, so we were willing to do it. We gave our notice to our landlords, we signed the CPCD for September 30 deadline. Everybody's saying, oh, no, it'll probably be July, August at the latest. Everything will be fine. Oh, laugh from Scott. Oh, this yeah. suspense is killing me. Um, so she she actually ended up pretty quickly in France. Um, instead of dealing with the identity document stuff, our attorney had suggested to them, you know, well, why don't you just sign power of attorney over to your brother, the other heir, who doesn't have an excited document, solve it that way. So they did that. That happened relatively quickly. That was early July that they got that accomplished. So, yeah, but no, wait, there's one more thing they need to do. Um, they need to get something called a European Certificate of Succession uh, that certifies throughout the European Union that these heirs are the rightful owners of this property, that they are rightfully entitled to own it and sell it and do as they see fit. So, that had to happen. That was another few weeks for that to happen. Um, so now we get into August and they get the, this certificate. They send everything to the notary. The notary is on vacation. So it sits <laughs> on her desk for, cause this is August now in Portugal. Uh, yeah. Everybody yeah. goes on vacation. So sits on her desk for a couple of weeks. She gets back, looks at it and says, okay, well, all of this looks okay, but it needs to be translated. Everything came to her in French. It has to be a certified translation into Portuguese. And then once we have that, you actually have to register the property from the deceased owner into the heir's name so that the heirs can sell it. And they're telling us, oh, this will take you know probably three weeks, which in Portugal means double at least double it right so this was the middle of august we've got the september 30 date looming um 
we have all of this stuff that we have to do. Their seller's agent goes on vacation, so he's not handling anything on the Portugal end for a couple of weeks. They, have, I guess, eventually get all of the paperwork together. They think they're ready. Um, we, as part of the CPCB, it was the buyer's obligation to set the deed date. We had this September 30 date looming, so our attorneys set the date for September 29th. The seller side saying, oh, yes, yes, everything will be fine by then. September 29th, great, that's when we'll do it. September 27th rolls around. Oh, no, no, it's it's not going to be ready. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're close, but not quite. Um, yeah. And then, so at that point, our buyer's agent talked to them and said, okay, they, they need to move in. They can't, you know, they, they, they can't deal with this anymore. Our uh, rental contract, because we had given notice, it was going to be good through the end of October. So we're at the end of September. Like we, we got to get out. We have to arrange movers. We have to, you know, plan a move. It's two. It was uh -huh. two and a half hours from where we lived uh, to get up here. So we had a lot to do. So she negotiated. The seller had already bought his ticket to come to Portugal on September 29th. Anyway, thinking he was going to sign a deed. So he was here. We signed an agreement to take possession of the property, extend the deed deadline until October 31st for these final things to be sorted out. And that's what we did. We drove up here on September 29th, got the keys. It felt like it was ours, but not quite ours yet because we hadn't done the deed. Um, but we did. We were able then to arrange everything to move out of the property in Sharil, come up here. To, we moved on the worst weather day of the year. It was, <laughs> of course. It was awful it was like it was literally just buckets coming out of the sky we had a great moving team that just powered through i thought at any minute that day he was going to say to us no sorry you got to cancel this We're is dead. too much rain yeah but he powered through his truck broke down they moved everything from one truck into another truck got up here moved us in um so we moved in october 19th and then a few days later finally heard okay Everything's ready for the deed. Good to we go. We're going to meet the deadline. And <laughs> I'm sure that something else we go wrong right up until the last night, right up until the morning that we're driving to sign the deed. I'm like, we're going to find something else that's missing, something else that's wrong. But no, so we arrived at the notary's office on October 31st. Um, we were there for like, I don't even think we were there for 15 or 20 minutes. It was so fast. Everybody wow. has it just, yeah. <laughs> Ours took like an hour. Yeah. yeah. People talk about like hours and hours yeah. sitting there with everybody, but it was like we just kind of just kept looking at each other like this. this is Everyone good. was this done. Is awesome. It had been dragged on. They, they yeah. were just, they were done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, it wasn't even worth the flight from France for the owner. It I was fifteen minutes. I'm sure he was happy just to, to be done with it after that. Okay. Oof, another roller yeah. coaster. Well, okay. Yeah. So thanks for telling us. I mean, I think that's so valuable for everyone to hear that you just kind of got to roll with it. So I just yeah. want to end with one more thing. Cause at the beginning, when you were talking about how you're, you know, you've been in Portugal since 2021 and every day you're learning yeah. something new. So yeah. just really quickly tell us each of you, what's something that you're, that you're learning or that's a continual thing that you're, that you see that would be good advice for people um, just to be aware of that you will have to maybe learn or do on a daily basis. Go ahead, Scott. I will start first. <laughs> um, first of all, um, I, I watched a podcast or a, a YouTube video from you guys a couple days ago about buying a car. 
and it's expensive here, but the, um, the dealership registers it for you. So that's pretty easy. It's the VAT that makes cars expensive. Tolls cost a lot of money. That's where most of your expense comes from. Yeah. Uh, gas, not so much because we have a hybrid and it gets 60 miles to the gallon. So it's pretty good, but it really gives you a lot of freedom. It's hard to park. Well, not now that we have a house we can park. It. You know, we have a place to park, but when we lived in, uh, Estoril, it's hard to park, but you know, two or three go arounds, you always find a spot. People are always moving in and out, but it gives you that freedom, um, just to go around. And it's a lot of fun with roundabouts. It's like, it's not the drag it is in the United States where you're just <laughs> waiting for left hand turns incessantly. So it's, it's fun to drive except rural areas, which are incredibly dangerous, which I would not suggest you ride on. <laughs> Okay. Because they're very narrow and dangerous. Um, other than that, I would say learn Portuguese too, as much as possible, not just the basics and okay. keep working at it, working at it because in the big cities, Porto and, and Lisbon, yeah, a lot of people speak English, but out here, the Portuguese were needing to learn a lot or use a lot more. So good. Um, good to know. Yeah. Those are the two things. And then the other thing is it's bureaucratic. Just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> know that Sleep. for sure yeah yeah and sue um, one of the things that i've learned really recently moving up here is that um people are different everywhere in this country you know we as you move to another place you tend to generalize and say well the portuguese this the portuguese that um but here moving up to this area i'm stunned by the friendliness of people and the openness of people in the big cities i think people are a little more a little more closed off, a little more um, keep to themselves up here. And he's really nice and, and very appreciative of trying to poke through your Portuguese and trying to kind of say, me, me like this, me want more um, <laughs> yeah. in, in, in Portuguese. Um, so, yeah, it's I, I'm surprised by the differences in, in people throughout the country. That's something that that keeps me on my toes. I was starting to learn to not say hello to people as I pass them in in Lisbon, in Kishkaish, because people didn't do that up here. Now we smile and wave um, when we see somebody, even if you're driving past them. So, you know, that's learning learning the differences within Portugal is a big thing for me, and I'm, I'm loving it. Great. Well, at Expats Everywhere, we believe that moving abroad transforms lives. And it sounds like moving to Portugal has definitely transformed mm -hmm. your guys' life. That's Absolutely. awesome. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks. Thank you. So, listener, we know that you are preparing to move to Portugal. We did everything ourselves for the D7 visa. So we have a DIY D7 course. We also have a DIY remote worker course now since they've split those up. And if you're already here, we have a living in Portugal course for you. Now, the difference between the D7 and the D8 or the digital nomad visa course that you could get is if you have active income, you should be getting the digital nomad or D8 course. If you have passive income, you should be getting the D7 course. And we have a special promotion for anybody that is a listener of this podcast. If you type in podcast at checkout, you will get $15 off. So these will just guide you through exactly what you need. They stay up to date as things change. And once you purchase it, it's yours for life. So if you're not ready to go now, you can still get it and take a look and you can use it later on. 
And Kaylee is a mad lady, and she is always updating the course so that it doesn't fall out of date. Well, I have to because they're always changing things, and so it has to stay up to date. That's facts. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Let's Move to Portugal. Contact info for all the services mentioned are in the show notes. If you like the show, please subscribe. If you love the show, please tell a friend, connect with us on our socials, and if you want to help us out, give us a review on your podcast player. Expats Everywhere Presents Let's Move to Portugal is produced by Time or Money Productions. Expats Everywhere researches our guests, and we do our best to provide factual and relevant information at the time of the recording. Despite our best efforts, we can make no guarantees as to the accuracy of what you've heard in this episode. We highly recommend that you do your own research and check your own facts. 